0: I'm back from Alabama, and I'm back with a recap of the HBCU Combine between a quarterback battle, some players who just popped, and my own personal experience. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast. Your number one, daily one stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum, and former TSU Herald sports editor. And Felix Harper and Jawan Carter were fighting it out on Saturday for the top quarterback at the HBCU Combine. I know we talked about Akil Glass coming out of last week and going into the event however he did not participate in the event not gonna lie that was a bit of a bummer he's one of the most decorated players in HBCU history one of the most decorated players in FCS history so when you have somebody of his caliber missing somebody who has achieved as much as he has yeah you're gonna be a little bit bummed out he he was gone because he was a part of the NFL PA Bowl so that's why he wasn't there just conflicting but it's okay because I don't want to make it seem like his absence though missing him made the event sour or made the quarterback group lackluster because once he was gone it led to a question of who's going to be the quarterback who shines the most and I think eyes immediately turned to Jawan Carter and Felix Harper and listen I want to get this very clear there is no consolation prize it's not a situation where I didn't get to see glass but At least I got to see these guys. No, these guys are are legends in their respective schools. I think Jawan Carter is a Norfolk legend. I think Felix Harper is an allcorn legend. So they're both very decorated. So I don't wanna I wanna get that clear up front before I even get to talking about who they are and what they how they performed. I want to get that very clear. No consolation. These are players that we were gonna have our eyes on regardless. They just have all of the shine now. So here's the thing about these two is that they actually threw directly after each other. And I think that was purposeful because there was no alphabetical order to go by. Um, Felix Harper, Jawan Carter, obviously that's not – Felix Harper went first. That's obviously not um, alphabetical order as far as last name goes. And there was a a quarterback named Jet Duffy who was there. He would have went between those two as far as alphabetical order goes in the first name. So I do think that was very purposeful to put these two quarterbacks – next to each other and here's the thing about doing that is that with that it created somewhat of a friendly competition and i asked jawan carter about it and here's what he had to say about that uh you know phillips is actually a a awesome quarterback like a great quarterback me and him get a lot of comparisons other than to dinner to a kill glass so for him not to be here it was definitely for big for us to step up and make throws that that we had to make you know he was going one I was going two so after he make throws I had to make them throws After he completed I had to complete it so it was just a, a big amount of competition between me and him and he he um, you know kind of congratulated me on my throws I definitely tell him when he made a good throw uh, we had a lot of um, conversation throughout the day about just doing the drills and giving feedback to each other and actually helping each other get through the day because the conditions are it's kind of cold out here so you know Just no bad blood between us two. We definitely got better today, and that was just all it's about. And when you hear him talking about going after Harper, it's clearly a friendly competition, as he says. No bad blood, and I don't think he's lying. I don't think it's one of those things where I'm just going to say that. It truthfully didn't seem to be any bad blood between the two. I talked to him before I was able to get to Harper, so when he said that, I had no choice but to ask Harper about the friendly competition, and here's what he said on the subject. Actually, it was great, man, you know, you on your toes, making sure that, uh, you know, never get re- relaxed, never get satisfied of throwing that type of ball. We're trying to do it in a row, do it two times in a row. I mean, you can throw one ball, but can't you do it back to back. So with him just in my ear, you know, telling me that, my, me in his ear, I man, throw me another ball like that, you know what I'm saying? It, it builds your confidence and make, having you able, being able to, you know, feel good and, you know, we get a job done. So just, you know, keep working. The conditions in that recording were definitely worse than the one in Carter's. However, I want to just give the gist of it in case you weren't able to hear parts of it because it was kind of windy. Basically, what he's saying is that within the drills, the position drills, Harper and him and other quarterbacks as well, but specifically Harper, because that was the question, were pushing each other saying, all right, can you make that throw again? Can you do it twice? And things like that. So that's the friendly competition. Let's be very clear. It wasn't a situation where it's like, I'm going to go and destroy you. I'm sure that's mentally what they're thinking because they want to be number one. But it, def, it definitely wasn't the vibe that they were giving off to each other. It was more one of motivation, one of encouragement, and one of just, look, I want to be the best, but I also want you to be great as well. That's, that was the vibe that I got from both of these guys when talking about it. So now let me talk about what I think. And we're splitting hairs because these are two guys of equal level Both legends, as I said. And it's funny because I've had multiple conversations with people about legends and just whether that's artists and comedians. Those are the two subjects that we were talking about. And I had to be very clear. There ain't no hating. It's just a situation where if you split if you go in between people on equal level, you're gonna start splitting hairs. And it may seem like you nitpicking, but you have to nitpick to separate two guys who are like neck and neck. So I just wanna get that out there just because it makes me think about it every time I'm comparing people because they think, you know, a little bit of critique. Are you hating? I'm not hating, but let's get into it. Let's go into footwork and passes. That's all we're gonna talk about is footwork and passes. I liked Harper's footwork a little bit more because I thought he was just a little sharper with his footwork. I just I thought that whether it was on the rollout, because I think I think that was the best throw of the day between all quarterbacks, was his rollout to the right. He's a left handed thrower. So he had to throw across his body and he threw a dot on the out route. So I, I really think that was the best throw of the day between everybody. And I think that his footwork and just his arm strength was able to be showcased on that throw, and that was the reason for that. Now, when we get into all of the passes together, yes, I think Harper had the better throw with that one on the rollout to the right. But I think Carter was, was much—excuse me, Harper had the better throw. But Carter, I think he was better on all the in-breaking routes and the quick game. I really like the speed outs. Um I think that I think Harper struggled a little bit. I'm gonna call him Felix and and Jawan because it's just so close. Carter is Jawan, right? And it's Felix Harper. So I felt like Jawan was just a little bit better with the with the speed outs. I think those throws were better for him. I think he had better ball placement on the in-breaking routes, whether that was a slant, but really on those deep in routes, those were like 15 yards down the field, he did a great job putting on what would have been the receiver's numbers. And then on the slants, I thought he led the receiver well. Um, I think that, I think Felix had a little bit of trouble on, on those deep end routes. They were a little bit higher than I would have liked. But for the most part, all the throws were pretty good. And I think his out routes, the deeper ones, not the speed outs, but the deeper out routes and the goal passes, I think I would give the edge there to Harper or Felix, Felix Harper, because those balls just showcased how strong and how explosive his arm is. And that was one of the things that he talked about. He wanted to show his explosiveness. And it showed it, whether it was taking the ball 30, 40 yards down the field or driving it out to the sideline. You could tell that the ball just flew off of his hands. That was one of his defining qualities on the day, was his his ability to put velocity and a whole lot of zip on the ball. So when you're going to it, or if you just want to look how to break down these guys' performances, I'm going to say that Jawan Carter not saying this is all that these guys can do, but if we're just saying where to highlight their strengths, I think Jawan Carter would be great in, like, think of New Orleans Saints offense where it's a lot of quick game, West Coast type of deal, where it's a lot of quick game. You can take a shot occasionally. It's not that his arm is bad. Let's just be very clear. It's not that his arm is bad. I just think Felix had a stronger arm. But if you think of West Coast where you have a lot of in-breaking routes, a lot of quick game, those are the skill sets that he showcased that he was better at in today's performance. But if you want to – offense is going to go down the field or one predicated on using that quarterback's arm strength then I think Harper was your guy so it's really just a situation where they were that neck and neck where I really don't think that they came in with much separation and I don't think they left with much separation they're right there neck and neck it's really just a preference of what you want that's how I think that's my that's my I'm sorry if I'm copping out that's my breakdown that's my final assessment. Of Jawan Carter versus Felix Harper. But I got four more guys who just popped off the field during their drills. But first, I want to tell you guys about the Get Upside app because this is a great app. If you're a person who drives a lot, this should be high on your list of apps to get. Matter of fact, you should have it already. I know a lot of you guys listen in the car. Pull over right now. Go to the App Store. Go to Google Play because don't do it while you're driving. Pull over. Um, Get the GetUpside app and get 25 cents off every gallon when you fill up. But if today is your first time going, use the promo code SCORE to get an additional 25 cents off and make it 50 cents off per gallon. I hate going to the pumps, but GetUpside makes it a whole lot easier. Best believe I had to use the promo code SCORE. I'm mad I can't use it again, but I'm getting that additional 25 cents off every, or not the additional, I'm getting the 25 cents off every gallon. It's an easy decision. Some people save hundreds of dollars. It really just depends on how much that you drive every day. Make sure you take a picture of the receipt and send it in, and the money will come back to you, whether it's on a gift card or on a debit card, you get to choose. Get the GetUpside app today and use the promo code SCORE for an extra 25 cents off per gallon. All right, families, we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And today's word of the day is factoid, a brief and usually trivial fact. So I'm going to break that down I'm going to break that down. I'm going to use that later on in today's episode. So just be listening out for factoid. But first, I want to tell you guys about four players who just popped off the field. I mean, during these during these drills, during their events, there were people who just made you say, "Whoa, well, wait a minute. Like we have statistics when you're watching football, right? There's statistics. He went 21 for 27, had 250 yards. It's things like that. We get it. Those are facts. Not factoids. We ain't get there yet. They are facts. But then you have the eye test, right? Where it's just, I don't care what those stats said. I was able to look at that and I was intrigued. It piqued my interest. I said, wait. Who is that guy? If I didn't have to go to the roster, there was a couple of times when somebody did something towards like later in the event. When they first did, I did every time. But later in the event, I said, what number is that? Oh, and those are the guys that I'm going to name right now. That's what it means to pop. So let's get into it. Let's get into number one. This is the person who, to me, popped more than anybody else out there. And there was a lot of great players. But this guy, Shamar Bridges, wide receiver out of Fort Valley State, He's the person who popped off the field more than anybody else. And I'm talking about on the field drill specifically. He's a big guy. He's standing at 6'4". And when he caught the ball, he always moved around. He always moved around after. He didn't just catch the ball and just complete the drill. You see him making moves on the air. And I know some people may think that's just like trivial or whatever. But you see boxer shadow, shadow boxing. Nobody says anything about that. It's just about getting used to doing the, the moves. It's muscle memory. So when you get the move or when you get the ball, you want to put the moves on you want to just get the ball and just run, you know. So he's trying to practice getting that in his head, and I think he was showcasing it. And I don't know how scouts felt about it, but me personally, I liked it. Um, but forget what he did with the ball in his hands. Let's let's take that out the out of it, right? Let's take that explosiveness out of it. How he got the ball in his hands? Every single ball that he caught was all hands. Not a single body catch. And I've seen guys out there who were catching everything with their body. I didn't see Bridges do it one time. And that's actually what made me actually look at him. I'm like, Who is this guy? He's catching everything with his hands. I like it. It wasn't. I know I said the moves. That was the first thing I said. Right. But those hands, those hands catches are what pulled me in at first. And now I'm watching them and I'm looking at them. I'm seeing that, that explosiveness. The hands made me gravitate towards him. But then his explosiveness, those moves that he was putting on at the end, how he burst out of his cuts. That's what really got me excited and, and, and intrigued i'm started pointing the guy out because i'm at i'm a the, like the uh like basically like a, a Brit not a bridge but like a balcony type of situation out there and i'm sitting there thinking i'm like who's this guy i'm telling people look at him look at him look at him right because he's the only guy with a blue hoodie so i'm looking at the blue hoodie look at the blue hoodie i couldn't really see his numbers from as high as i was and people started looking at him and i got other people talking about him everybody was interested so i thought shamar, shamar bridges out of fort valley state man i got a chance to talk to him afterwards and he was talking about how showing that pop, showing that explosiveness for a big guy was something that was big for him. Yeah, he definitely caught my attention. And moving on into the next one, I have Will Adams, safety out of Virginia State. And his, his numbers, how he tested, may have been the most impressive on the day. And his, his numbers made him the talk of the DB group 40 and a half inch vertical, 10 3 broad that's explosiveness track six chronic 2001 i'm talking about explosive and i'm here with eric crocker or i'm there with eric crocker at the time nfl draft locked on nfl draft host former nfl defensive back and he's talking about the explosiveness not on the vertical not on the broad We're talking about the explosiveness of adams coming out of his breaks during field drills and i think that's the best thing because this isn't a case of a test warrior where all right yeah you jumped 40 and a half that's ridiculous by the way 40 and a half is ridiculous a ten-three broad it's not about that how great you tap, tested in those events it's about the fact that you tested that well you showed your explosiveness and then when you got on the field work drills you showed it as well because that's what you want you don't want a guy who just does well in events you want him to marry those events marry that explosiveness with how he looks on the field and understandably. That's not the field. But it is field work. Showing your your explosiveness out of your cuts, it does show that it translates to at least his technique. And I think that's one thing that you're excited about. And I saved this one to last because it's another drill. He definitely popped with his numbers. When he ran his three-cone drill, this one I was able to get a lot closer. And I was able to be basically right next to the scouts at this point. The Broncos scout had wide eyes when he did his three-cone drill. And he had to do it, like, three to five times. He did it more than anybody else because his three cone was that good that the senior bowl people, he kept, like, cutting the cone a little bit, like, very slightly. I don't think it really impacted his time. Um, but he kept cutting it and they kept saying, hey, Will, you want to do it again? You want to do it again? And every single time that he did it, the Broncos assistant turned around and had wide eyes. And he was talking to some scouts from some other, some other teams and they all reciprocated the feeling. They didn't have wide eyes. I don't think they did, but their, their head was, or the back of their head was to me, so I don't know. But he was excited every time. The best reaction I saw from a scout all day. And I think that truthfully, that's what tells you that he popped more than anything else, was just the reaction that he got from the scouts. Definitely somebody to watch out for in, in the draft later rounds. And I think he'll end up on a roster I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up on the Broncos roster going into the training camp. But um last two people I want to put together are Ladarius Skelton and I want to talk about James Fagan. Because Skelton was a quarterback, but he also played wide receiver. And Fagan played offensive line and defensive line. He did both of the drills. I'm sitting there talking to him, trying to get his name, because he had 167 on him. Like 16 ain't no one 160- sixty. Ain't one anybody. So who is this? So I sit there and I'm talking to him after the uh after the Offensive lineman drills. The defense is warming up. He's standing over there. I'm like, What's your name? He says, Fagan. I'm like, I thought you were offensive tackle. And he says he's doing both. And I just think that showcasing of the duality, the versatility within his game, I think that that's something that just makes him more interesting. I have a guy that I can play on both sides of the ball. So I thought that was great. And he actually didn't look bad. They had him run in the circle, which was foul because he's a defensive tackle, but he didn't move that bad, right? He showed his ability to maybe be able to do some stunts occasionally going to the outside. And then Skelton, as far as he goes, I wasn't sure what he was doing at first. Because at first, he was just throwing the ball. Then halfway through, he started running routes. And I thought that maybe they were just trying to complete the rotation, not have any wide receiver have to go two times. But then I heard talks and murmurs around the combine that basically... He was trying to showcase the scouts that he can do receiver as well. It's kind of the Taysom Hill package where you're trying to show you can do everything. You can be a Swiss Army knife. And I ain't gonna lie to you, he was pretty good. I I felt like he was putting in more effort on his routes than about 90% of the receivers. I'm not even trying to be funny. He runs routes like a quarterback like a quarterback saying, This is how I want my receivers to run routes. And it actually did I actually thought he did really well with his routes. I thought he showed his moves. He uh he ran a a fade, I think it was a fade, where his cut to the pylon was actually really impressive. So, Ladarius Skelton, I really wanted to highlight him because both he and Fagan truthfully showed that I can do multiple things. And I think those multiple things make you a lot more interesting to a scout, especially looking at the kind of hill that you already have to climb as an HBCU prospect. If you're sitting there saying, oh, well, I can do this, that, and the third, I just think that works out much better for you. And I want to tell you guys about my experience, how I felt there at the combine, because I thought it was some interesting things, some things I think went well, some things I think didn't go so well. But first, let me tell you about my experience with Built Bar and why you guys should get that as well. Built Bar is the protein bar better than any candy bar you're going to have, because, yes, it's going to have chocolate all over. It's going to taste delicious. But then at the same time, you're going to get 17 grams of protein. Right. If I had to give any kind of suggestion, I'd probably say get the blueberry muffin, you know, that or the cookies and cream or the raspberry. Those are three that I've heard rave reviews about, and we were talking about them while we were in Mobile. So those are things that I, I know that other people even like, not just me. So I look at it and I say, you wanna eat healthy? Get you a built bar. You wanna work out? Get you a built bar. You wanna snack? Get you a built bar. What else do you need? It tastes delicious and it's healthy. You don't have to feel bad about feeling like, Oh, man, you know, I really need to, to quit these fill in the blanks, whatever candy you choose. You get Bilt Bars and it's easy to stay on your diet. No more cheating. No more saying week five, this tastes nasty because that's not a problem with Bilt Bar. They all taste delicious. So I want to tell you guys to go to Bilt.com and use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off your offer. Tell them the mouth of the South sent you. I bet you won't regret it. All right, families, we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I want to talk about my own personal experience at the HBCU Combine. We talked about how these players perform. We talked about how the quarterback battle went, the difference between Felix Harper and Jawan Carter. We talked about four players who just popped off the field, whether it was through their versatility or if it was through their measurements or if it was just what they did with the ball in their hands. I loved it. And we're not done talking about these athletes. Trust me, after this episode is completed, we're still going to bring it up. So don't think that we're done and that's just the last you're going to hear of the HBCU Combine. But I want to give my personal experience. I want to give how I felt out there. And I think overall it was a really good event. Um, Here's something that was a little bit disappointing. Outside of the players, who I say we're not done talking about, outside of them, the big story was The weather. It was freezing, like figuratively and literally, nearly literally. And I know, Darian, why are you here talking about the weather? Are you really about to complain about the weather? Yes, I am. I'm from Texas, okay? I was telling people, it don't even get cold here long enough for me to be prepared for the weather that I was going to be out there for like five. So I was out there from eight to three, so for seven hours. Hey, I wasn't prepared for that. And little factoid for you, today is National Hot Chocolate Day. Best believe I had to go give me some hot chocolate because I needed something to warm me up. It was just a temporary fix. You know, when there was a break, I took that chance. I went and got me some hot chocolate. I needed something to heat my insides up. And it was good for about 30 minutes. But the reason I feel comfortable harping on the weather, and this is not the only thing I'm going to talk about the whole time. The reason I feel comfortable harping on the weather is because everybody I talked to talked about the weather. Everybody. I've seen a player... In the in the airport the following morning, mind you, my my flight's early. I like getting out early. So he there, and I say, "Hey, man, good job." First thing he said to me, other than thank you, was, "Man, it was freezing." That was the first thing that he said to me. I had to rush a couple of interviews because I could tell people it's freezing. And I was I was one of the people who were freezing, but I had I could see the players were freezing as well. Shout out shout out to Felix Harper because. It was cold, but he he wasn't showing none of it. He was like the only person who didn't see the, the slightest bit of cold. But I knew that this was going to be a, a story. Maybe not. You're not going to see this in the news, right? This is, this is a mouth of the South locked on HBCU exclusive. All right, because you're not going to see other people telling you it was cold. I'm telling you right now, it's 33 degrees out there. Man, I came in with a jacket. I thought it was going to be inside, but it was in like this pavilion type thing where we had a roof and a bunch of open just arches. I said, man, it was cold. So anyway, like I said, South born and raised. But look, it went well. Outside of that, outside of just, you know, teeth chattering and, and feeling like, man, I got to get into inside immediately. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great event. And what went well, I love the principle of it. Um, I counted scouts from 30 of 32 teams. I might have missed some, so I'm not going to say who wasn't there. Shout out um, Ross Jackson. Shout out Eric Crocker. Because locked on locked on Saints and locked on NFL draft, who came out there with me? We really had a great time just looking at all these players and discussing what we were seeing on the field and whatnot. I thought it was a good turnout. Thirty to thirty-two, I think, is a pretty good turnout. Am I disappointed? It wasn't thirty-two or thirty-two? Yeah, a little bit, um, especially because I know thirty-two or thirty-two got in the next day. But it is what it is. I saw a good amount of, um, of scouts, multiple from teams i really did love the turnout of it and one thing that i absolutely loved was that the scouts got a chance to really see whatever you wanted there was a three cone drill and a shuttle drill and they were basically they were going at the same time between different position groups and depending on where you stood you could see both if you stood at the three cone drill it's gonna be hard to see the shuttle but i'm assuming they wanted to see that they wanted to have the up close they had the ability to, ability to choose whether or not they wanted to see both because if you stand at the shuttle you could turn around and see a three cone easily, but you wouldn't get as close of a view. And I I, I like the ability to see everybody they showcased at different times. I don't think there was any position drills that went on at the same time. The linebackers and the defensive backs were completely separate. Um, I enjoyed that. So really just the principle of it all, right? The principality of it, Smokey. And if I had to choose something other than just the principle, I would say it was the ability to talk to these guys because I, I like interviews – Format on on the show, something I, I really like, and then I also enjoy just being personable and just talking to people, right? And we talked about that on on um, one of the episodes earlier. This is just something I enjoy. So I was able to talk to a player about his aspirations outside of football and something he would like to let football be a platform and use use football for a certain thing. Uh, we might get him on the show, so I'm trying to be real vague with it. Uh, I was able to talk to a player talking about the difference between the MEAC and the Big South for North Carolina A&T and just the preparation for an event like this. So that was like a 15-minute conversation between us. And it was just a situation where I was able to really talk and understand the mindset of a lot of these players, not just when we're doing interviews, but just also the conversations that we have before and after. So that was something that I loved more than anything else. Um, but what went wrong? What's something I think could be improved? That's a better way to say it. I already said it was cold, right? You heard Carter. Juwan Carter talk about it in his, in his interview, right? I already said it was cold. It was. I think it was hard for the athletes to really get loose. I don't think that they were able to perform at their peak. Um, just because it was cold, you get tight easier. I think maybe bring a heater outside. I don't know if everybody knew it was going to be outside. I know the people who were running the event knew. But I thought it was going to be an inside event. That's part of the reason I packed the way I did. I know you can't control the weather, but you can get the kids a heater Let them come out there and just warm up. Let them get loose so that they can perform and put better numbers up, you know, because it can be difficult with it being as cold as it was. And then mostly I think that there was just an organization thing where I look at it and I say, say the numbers louder. Now, I was in the balcony for a long period of time, but even when I was down at the field level, I felt like a lot of it was scouts going off of their times. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's what they do. I just think that there should have been a little bit more declaration of what was official. I think the senior bowl staff that was there running the events, I would have liked them to have an official time, maybe even a big board. Now, I think the disclaimer needs to be put out there that there was no reason for media to go back inside after the events had concluded. So there may have been a big board with all the times and measurements up there that if you missed something, you could grab it. So this is coming from my point of view. Right. And like I said, I was also in the balcony for a good amount of time. Through basically all of the offense of drills, I was in the balcony unless I was talking to the players and doing um, media availability. I actually liked the view up there, so that's why I stayed up there after they told me, "Hey, get off the field, go up there." <laughs> but um, yeah, that's something I think could have been fixed just a little bit of a declaration of making sure everybody knew they had the same numbers. Because I seen one guy; they said his his forty was between four five one and four six seven. That's way too big of a gap i think the senior bowl needs to be able to say this was his number he ran a four five one or he ran a four six seven and that's what you all should have down but that was my experience there take out the weather you know give me some good weather i'm a happy man i think the rest of the event went really well not much to really complain about i think maybe just the declaration of those numbers but as a whole this event was great and i can't wait to see what they do next year to take it to another level But I appreciate you guys checking me out every day on Locked on HBCU, making us your first listen of the day every single day. That's some some dedication right there. But for y'all second listen of the day, make sure that you're checking out Locked on Bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling giving expert analysis and insight to put a couple more dollars into your pocket. And it's free and available on all platforms. Sound like an easy decision to me. Just like talking to me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter at South Exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.